You're listening to the 405 Exchange Podcast. My name is Ken Grandpierre, and today's episode is with Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes. This is one of those talks that's been a long time coming, and it brings me a lot of joy getting to bring it to you. Um, Frank is one of those people that I've been following the career of for so many years now, uh, well back into the gallows days, and uh, getting the chance to talk to him about his craft is something I've always wanted to do, so... Yeah, this is definitely a very special episode. Uh, Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes is such an incredible project. Uh, I think what's really incredible is that you have someone like Frank who has such a long history in music with a myriad of different projects and being able to be in this place now in modern day, uh, well, 2019 anyway, and being able to have that stand above everything else that he's done is just really kick-ass. Uh, I got to link up with Frank as well as guitarist Dean Richardson right before they played a big show here in New York at our Mercury Lounge. And we talked about their latest album, End of Suffering, uh, kind of the ambition of that album, the colorful palette that album has, the way it just has so much raw emotion in it. And yeah, you're in for a special treat. This is the 405 Exchange with Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes. Enjoy. So, you know, when I knew this interview was going to happen, it kind of left me a bit in an interesting place because, Frank, oddly enough, you're one of my favorite people to follow on social media. Um, <laughs> And I think it has to do with the fact that you're one of, if not the most person, I, open person I've seen on social media in the last few years. So I guess I kind of want to kick off a chat, if any chat, to be, what is it like to be so open with the world like that? Um, okay. It's, uh, it's difficult. Like, it's, um, now I'm in a much better place with it because I'm actually, I'm being quite mindful about the kind of thing that I share, you know, um, maybe in the past, like I was just, you know, I was just letting everything out there, and that had like quite profound negative impacts on my life in many different ways, um, and now I think I'm being quite selective about a the images that I share and b the the way I talk about them. So we made a conscious decision to say we, like I I made a conscious decision to shift into just posting pictures on my social media that are film. So that slowed my whole, you know, stream of consciousness down because I have to take those films and get them processed. And, um, and then when they come back, you know, I, I, get to, I get to relive a lot of those memories, but I'll have new perspective on those same situations. Um, and then when I put stuff online now, I'm just, I'm trying to be, uh, yeah, I'm trying to be a bit more open with my words about it as well and just speak a bit more eloquently. I think social media is quite throwaway for a lot of people. It's very instant gratification and, and um, it happens so quickly that I think sometimes you just don't, you, you're not even aware of what you're posting or, or even what we're seeing. Yeah. And um, I wanted to just put things up that resonated with me and hopefully would resonate with other people. So, yeah, but to answer your original question, it's, 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 not, it's not been that easy. It's not been quite... a it's been quite a difficult process learning how to sort of re-engage with the world. But it seems like you found a really good way to refine it in the sense that just going off what you said there at the end, I mean, I think something that's kind of very strange of the human experience now is that 
there's never been a time in human history where you're inundated with so much images and information mm -hmm. and news stories and like to find a way even if it's something as small with the film uh, photos to kind of streamline that and offer yourself a sense of reflection yeah that's something very special yeah it, it took um it took a lot of work and it took a lot of like listening to other people's like ideas of of me as well like you know i, I spoke to a therapist about it quite quite a lot actually and she had some really interesting ideas about how much i was sharing with the world um, <laughs> so you know so for me it was just um i guess i was trying to look at how other people were doing it and some of my friends that was sort of that seemed like they were getting the most out of life they were the ones that didn't have social media it's funny though yeah it's oh. it's um and unfortunately like i I want to say I. I want to say I don't need it, but like naturally, as as a tool, as a business tool, it's like perfect for tattooing and for painting and for music. It's like yeah. ideal, and uh, unfortunately, like in the wider spectrum of music, especially particularly the industry, um, you know, life is data now, and so all of those numbers matter. Um, so I, I keep it there as sort of like a totem to however I'm feeling at the minute but it's, it's funny as well because because of the way people perceive it you know like I'll, I'll, I'll post something weeks after I've taken the photo and I'll write about an event that has happened weeks ago yeah. and the minute I post it I get like inundated with like fuck are you okay bro like you, are you, are you how are you feeling now and I'm like well yeah, I'm good now like four <laughs> weeks ago I was in a really bad way but I'm, I'm good I'm cool now like but, and that's it's, and it it's funny to me that that is like that, that was a prime example to me of how immediate it all is and yeah. it's too it's like too immediate too too yeah so yeah it's way too much i mean so you know something that's really cool is you're here in new york to mm. do a show at the rattlesnakes a sold out show i might add yeah. uh i think the last time you were here was maybe two or three years ago as a band was it 2017 was it yeah. may so as well so it was really close to yeah, now. we missed a year, which was yeah. <laughs> a lot of places missed us last year, so we, we're trying our best to get to get out here like constantly because we understand that you know America's a big place, and you, in order to make a dent here, you just have to keep grinding away. You know? Yeah, you really do. Um, so yeah, so one of the things I think is so cool about the fact that you're here now and the fact that you were here a while back is that I have uh, the memory of Gallows in the context of you from years back. Mm. When I think about these shows that you guys must be doing now, there must be loads of people who come to the shows and only have the context of the Rattlesnakes as what's going on or what your history is. Uh, I'm so familiar with, you know, from living and working in the UK and knowing how legacy tends to kind of, you know, always follow you in a certain mm. way and how it could kind of almost weigh you down. Mm. How does it feel being able to come here and know that the immediate and sole context for your art is what's going on right now? It's the greatest feeling. It's absolute mm. liberation, isn't it? It's freedom. Well, because we talked about it a bit at the start of the band, that like, like a lot of the first reviews, it would be, the gallows would be written in the first sentence of the reviews or the things, and, and often it would benefit us because it would mm. catch people up quickly to be like, oh yeah, I know, because it would get people over to this project, if you like, but... It, there was a moment where we realised it had been a long time since that was the the thing people were saying and that's mm. when we were like okay that's a really good thing because then like you say people are talking about what we're making now yeah. Um, but yeah it was, it's, it's been it's been a while since it feels like that's the yeah the discussion it's, uh, it's just it's just nice it's what you want you mm. know like it, whenever you start any kind of project whatever it is painting writing music like anything you do you just want it to be received, like, with open ears, open eyes, open heart, you know. And you, yeah. and you can't, um, 
unfortunately there's a lot there's a ton of prejudice in the world and there's a ton of like preconceived like ideas about like, who I am and, and what, I, what I can do and also the ceiling that I live under you know like and so um, we just constantly keep smashing the fuck out of the ceiling. Just, it's <laughs> I mean, it's probably not that different to when someone has like a massive single. Yeah. And then they release another album and people are like, oh no, I actually have to throw that album in. And it's like, have you even listened to this stuff? Like, <laughs> like, but it comes from a good place because people are loving something you've done. But you kind of need them to go like, okay, cool, you've still got that. Now come with open ears and eyes and listen to this new thing kind of like without comparing to past and stuff. But f- Fans of anything are so... Um, Nostalgic. <laughs> yeah, totally. And and they and they like we're creatures of sort of habit and and so like you can you can see like different types of fans of music. There's fans of like songs and there's fans of albums and then there's fans of bands, you know. Mm-hmm. And then there's fans of members of the bands. Like mm-hmm. so, it's, we're 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 trying to like if you just keep pushing, there's always something for someone. You know, there's people that still come to me now, and they're like, "I, I really don't like Rattlesnakes, but I come because I love Gallows." <laughs> you know, we'll see on, like, on, on that new Tiny record. Someone tweeted at him saying, um, "Oh man, I'm so gutted because I just really love your old stuff." And he was like, "Oh no, what are you being punished or something? Has someone stopped you listening to it?" <laughs> and uh, he was just like, "It's still all there." Like, and so it's weird when people like as the new stuff, they say, "Oh no, I don't like it because of the old stuff." And it's like, "You've now got it all." Like, why? yeah. Even just if you don't like the new stuff, because I've, I've got some of my favorite artists that like, the new album comes out and I am like, ah, oh, damn it, I, did, I, I don't love that as much. Mm. Yeah. But then I'm just like, I'm not like, I don't have any negative energy towards the artist. I'm more just bummed that I didn't get it. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I wanted to get it and have another album that I love just as much as that last one. Well, it must be pretty trippy as uh, musicians, because this has actually been on my mind quite a lot, where kind of rebounding slightly about what we're talking about, about how inundated you are with information. It's like, mm. people don't really give albums a lot of time to digest it's insane really. now it's that they're shorter lifespan than ever i think it's really weird how can you get two months max you used to get you used to get two like two years it used to be yeah you could tour around for two years and it would still be like it's, fresh yeah it's mad yeah. like but then but then also like well that was happening pink floyd were in the fucking charts and shit <laughs> yeah <laughs> releasing yeah. like seven minute the, songs, the only so. way to do the only way to do is to get excited about the fact that you can also create music quite uh the, the barrier is quite it's like easy to overcome now yeah. and so then you have to just get on board and go actually how amazing that we get to release loads of music every year if you can kind of keep up with the <clears throat> with other artists that are doing the same and if you just sit there grumbling that your album is old news now then you've, you've lost the battle already <laughs> it's like um, so what, yeah we're, we're talking like even before it come out we're talking about the next session we're writing and recording and you just have to think like that now yeah no exactly well I do want to start asking about the music now, but before I do ask about like the album itself, I want to do something that I usually do near the end of the talk, but it's just so relevant in regards to you. Like you guys with the live show, it's so much about what people know for you of and embody and kind of really, really relate to, of course, through your albums, but like I always hear about the live show and mm. with this new record, I wonder how has it evolved the live show? Especially for you two, where your whole lives have been playing live music. Mm. It's given us that. Okay, so first and foremost, we had we now have anchors in the in the live set that allow us to play for longer. Mm. You know, because some of those songs, you you know, you take a song like Love Games or a song like Angel Wings, they don't require me to be like a fucking ball of energy. You know, like they don't require a meteorite to deliver it. The intensity like is just in the song. Exactly. Not yeah. a delivery yeah. as such, isn't it? Right? So then it's just about creating an atmosphere and that's something that we both love doing. So you, you, you get a chance, it's a chance for us to be a type of performer we've never had the opportunity to be. That is 
so many things, but the one thing it's, it is that's most prevalent in my life at the minute, it's just exciting, it's pure mm. excitement to walk out on stage and be able to be a different version of myself that I've never been, is at 35, you know, and having three bands, all did okay, I've played a lot of fucking gigs, I've been on stage a lot, you know, yeah. to walk out and be able to be a different version of that, Mm. is so exciting and so that's that's the one thing I take from it at the minute is like I, I'm just because then we like we were talking about earlier we finished fucking Love Games and then we'll probably play Juggernaut just to <laughs> flex on everyone like it's still there you know like and then that then we just switch into different beast mode and you go you, you go in so it's um for me it's about like having the opportunity to like be different different mm. version of myself like. and in, like in terms of like with like, there's an art to like like the set list like we don't it takes us a long time to find it and when we find it sometimes we're like oh we should change that because we've been playing that for a while and we change it it doesn't work as well and when you get a set that works it's like it's definitely like quite nuanced like taking a crowd to this spot and then moving to that song if you get the right thing it just builds and builds and builds and I just think we've got so many more like kind of directions we can take people now to kind of keep building and get people into the right spot yeah like the set has arcs now to it. Mm. Exactly, yeah. That's exactly. massive. Yeah, it's huge. for us it's huge because it was just it was just one line, <laughs> yeah. and that line was just straight through everybody. Yeah. You know, and like while that works, some people need a different. <laughs> well, that works for a little while. Like we, it's also exhausting when you yeah. just keep having to break through walls, and then like now it's like you, yeah, you, it's like you play. We can play a song, and we can move it. We can move ourselves like ten paces through, and people. And they don't even realize it's happened. Do you know what I mean? It's nice. That's it's like right. become the phantom. It's yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, we talked a bit about, uh, well, we touched a little bit about that the fact that there's a new album you're here for, and that album is End of Suffering. And uh, it kicks off with my favorite track, Why a Butterfly Can't Love a Spider. Lucky I got that right on the first go. <laughs> uh, you know, lyrically, it's pretty damn poignant. And um, I really want to hear it. What was it like to have, to, well, what was it like to record this and to have the contrast between both? the guitar chords and the sweetness in your vocal because something that I caught on to when I listened to the song is I don't think I've ever heard your voice have such a sweet tenderness mm. while also having a bit of an eclectic almost kind of abrasiveness on a guitar like that, that yeah interesting. It's, it never, it's never happened is it mm. it's just what we love so much about this band is like <laughs> people like we just we just play and we write all the songs the same way with a guitar and my voice sat on the couch for a cup of tea that's how we've written every single song um, but it's just then when you get the chance to put it in the studio and just flex in different mm. ways like so yeah it's um, I don't know I, what was the question <laughs> well more of, like what it was like to record but you know that's like maybe the second or third time you used the word flux and I like that oh yeah I'm I just think on the thing we did minute. we realized really early on with this one that if we're all just trying to do the same thing it gets loud it gets like intense but it, it's hard to kind of like break any new ground so with mm. this if you if you actually analyze the album like on a kind of and take each instrument including the vocals and instrument like everything's doing a, a very different thing to everything else and that just actually creates loads of space like it's almost so like i think with that song like if you think about like the melody of frank and the, and the rhythm of the guitars like they're really miles away and so then the vocal just is like soaring and like it, it everyone including like the bass bass won't just be following the guitar like it's all connected but like just moving around and I think that just gave everyone a lot more space when they were, when we're playing 
Um, it was it was you making a conscious decision to create the space though that mm. allowed me to sing in ways I've never sung before. You know, because before we like, like you said, we just made a wall of noise and then we all got behind it, and just pushed it through people. You know, <laughs> yeah. it was like clean venues out by just like throwing mm. like, everything at them. And now it's like you can be when you create that when you make space suddenly I'm there and I'm able to just like wow like oh, so much room to roam mm. you know and then you have as well because yeah. it's like like that was the first time on an album we, we actually decided just to let everything do something different mm. and then you hear it all and it's like and that's something that's missing when you create all of sound you don't hear everything you just yeah. you just know you're feeling something mm. this time around you fit you feel it like there's no there's none of the like None of the weight of the music is lost, but it's just you, you feel it in different ways, and that, that was something that I think we're gonna, we're gonna hang on to that forever. That's now the only way we can write music. Well, it very much sounds like the beauty of art in a way where it's like you don't know what's possible until you actually give it a go or yeah, actually sure. experience it. Yeah, and I think, with that, I think that for us it came with actually feeling a bit more confident in ourselves mm -hmm. as like songwriters and just as like this is the third album we've done together. So the first one was sort of figuring out like what at all the identity of rattlesnakes is. And the second one, I think the second one we were trying to get to make it sound like it does now. Like I think that's what we were trying to sound like. But um, it just takes sometimes like making the album to learn mm. those things and you do it again, you're like, oh, that's what we were trying to do. Yeah. I think back now and think of how differently we do loads of our songs. But like, that's also the beauty of releasing albums rather than like, writing 500 songs and like crafting it like you're hearing the progression of our band because we keep putting out all the songs we make yeah. <laughs> we don't hold anything back like that's a really special thing that uh, i want to next ask about a uh, crowbar which is a track that i mean i've been really keen to ask about this since i heard it because i feel like what's for fans of people who are fans of uh you frank like i am and of course like rattlesnakes i feel like it encapsulates everything that we've gotten from gallows to pure love to mm you know, the previous Rattlesnakes records, I feel like it's like everything you've learned has been kind of melded and distilled to this track, and it's a fucking beast. I want to hear about how it came together. Um, we, we would, I mean, it came out of nowhere, really. You yeah. just had a riff, and I just had some lyrics that I felt were really obnoxious and arrogant. I think, yeah, I think we spent a long time on some of the other stuff that's like further away from what we know, I guess. Mm. And then it was like, okay, let's just like start a new song, and this one just... It, it very much was just kind of effortless for us, this one, right? There was yeah. no battling like parts or this was just like, each part just came and we're like, that's sick, that's what's next, that's great. That's <laughs> it was so nice for us to be able to, because it, it feels like, it, it, like you said, it, it perfectly encapsulates just everything we've been, both of mm. us. And it, for a minute, like the songs that we'd written for Album Free were all quite vastly different, you know, yeah. like they, they, they had moved away from things. And so for us it was a night and yeah. nice we were like thank fuck like we're still there's still yeah. us in this like we're still here you know it's just it's different and it's like moving but yeah because it's the same like tyrant lizard king came towards the end of the writing as well i think mm. you you we go off on this hunt for like all this new unexplored ground and then you find loads of it and we love it and we write songs like angel wings or whatever and then you're like oh wait we also do love what we yeah how we got here so it's like quick let's find them again and like like scramble to make sure that all of that's in there but naturally I think when we start we're trying to find new stuff that we've never done and Crowbar was kind of the start of like a little run of of tunes like Kitty Sucker and Tyra that just felt a bit more like yeah this is everything we've learned and, but it, and there's still a progression you know yeah. there's still a progression from Modern Room from Blossom yeah I don't um, think you could put them on any of those albums no. you can just hear that they came from those albums I think yeah I definitely agree with that and I think something that's really been a ple well what definitely was a pleasure of experiencing this album 
I mean, I always feel this way, but even as a music fan, I always feel like I need a bit of a reminder that mm. bands can evolve and do so in a way that makes sense within the context of what they've done before and what mm. can be done within the framework of a band. Yeah, sure. I feel like that's obvious for you as artists, but it must feel quite refreshing to make an album like this and also know you can evolve from actually doing it. Totally, like, yeah, but it's, it's all like, it is nice to, to take that breath and say like, okay, we, we, there's a progression here that we're allowing ourselves first and yeah. foremost. But it's also, yeah, you're, you're very right. Like, it's nice to just go like, okay, I, I remember who I am as well and who I've been, you know, but it's always about, for us, the most important thing is just a challenge, always. No, not only ourselves, but our fans, like, relentlessly, because mm. we just don't want anyone to feel comfortable in, in what they know we who, who we are, you know, like, because yeah. we don't fucking know who we are. <laughs> and we never will, you know, like, really, like, I, I know I know who I want to be as an artist way better than, than I, than who I am as a human being, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, the, yeah. the human me, I'm like, that fucking jury is well you, out, like, you, I have no <laughs> idea. Yeah. All, all my favourite artists, like, when a new album comes out, I have such a nervous energy because they could have gone anywhere with it. And like that's the bit that makes them exciting to me. Mm. Like I, I don't like I, I don't follow artists that have released the same album four times in a row. I Even might twice. love their first one. Even two it, times. Yeah, I, don't, I, I might love that first one, but it, I like it's the it's the like it's that kind of like evolution of them that I'm interested in. Even if they've gone away, I don't like. I'll be back for that next one, like because you made that one I loved, and it's like exactly. Yeah, no one wants to be a one-trick pony. Do you know what I mean? Like you, you. you you write that album and it's like, cool, this is a great fucking moment in time. And then you get, you take some time and then you come back with the same fucking formula and then like just more of the same songs. It's like, okay, well, you can do one thing well. Like, congrats. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, why even bother, really? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah sort of. Like, we've got, we've got, I like the other album more. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, but now know. who's the fucking cynical fan? It does make me smile to know that a track like Heartbreaker can exist in uh, 2019. I mean, obviously it exists, but to be released and to receive the amount of love that song has gotten, it's mm. really fucking cool. Uh, I mean, God, it kind of feels like a snobby thing to say, but it kind of feels like there's a bit of a lack of tracks like that one that kind of wears its heart and its kind of brashness on its sleeve. Uh, did, th did working on this one feel different to any of the others? Well, Heartbreaker? Yeah. I mean, yeah, this song nearly didn't make it. This is the only one I like tried to like cut. I tried to <laughs> really? pan it relentlessly, yeah. Like, not not in this current form, but it's like the the version before it. I don't know why I lost my mind of it, but this always happens on no, an album. You didn't. As well. you, you didn't lose your mind of it. You just like I overthought it all, and yeah. we had, all, I pretty much all I did was re-record the chorus guitars on a single string rather than two power chord strings, and then I was like, oh, I'd sick. <laughs> It was just, but then like I, I can pinpoint a song on each album where one of us has kind of like just just lost themselves within it and like thought about it way too much. And what was that on Blossom? Blossom was the one, I'm not maybe Wildflowers because yeah, we, cause we ended up moving actually. that off. But like I remember the Truth on there's a song called The Truth that never released, never finished on and Lullaby. On oh love yes, Lullaby was yours. The Truth was mine. We and you just spend right like over overthinking and spend too much time. And then actually, if you have a little bit of space and you go back to it, and we, we went back to it and re-recorded it, and we, we took some guitars out of it and stuff and made it just a bit more like, like the version is now. And then I loved it. And then I'm saying to you like, okay, we're, we're not releasing all these on this album. So we didn't know how many were on the thing. Yeah. I was like, Heartbreaker's now near the top. <laughs> so I, it, yeah, it was, but that Every was time we make an album, there's, uh, we cut a song, a good song. 
and we just like we'll hold that for the next one mm. like every time like on the first record it was the song Wild Flowers we were just like this is too it's too poppy like it will it's like we the accidentally next one. step into the future yeah, and make a song yeah. and then we're like well we can't do anything with this yeah. <laughs> just like hold everyone hold yeah. and then with the second one it was the, the the truth that got cut and then we wrote a new song like that day real life real life and that yeah. we felt like that made more sense but real life to me felt like oh we sort of nicked that from where we're going because when we started playing that early it was like well this didn't feel like us right now as yeah. such and then and then as we got into Modern Ruin it we started playing it okay we're here now and it, it, yeah it's always a song like that for us and even it? even on End of Suffering we wrote a song called Dreaming on Me in the studio and it, it just uh, we just had to like put a fucking pin in it like it, was, mm. it had a disco fucking middle eight there might be there's some I of the stuff we've ever written but we were just hell, like this just, doesn't belong here this and we wrote it in the studio so it's like it almost feels like that's us we just get all this new excitement and we, we're like we can do whatever the fuck we want yeah. like, <laughs> it's like get listen to this and I'm like bro it's a yeah. fucking disco bridge we're like, actually going back to take a little bit fuck? dial the disco down like, <laughs> like a tiny bit because that's ain't, some of the best bit about it we well, ain't dialing the disco down no way well have oh. you had it where like there was a song you were like unsure of you played it live someone told you or like they told, came up to you like oh I fucking love this song and you're like oh shit no, well, see, this is the thing. Like, we, with that, we, even with that song, like, I hated it, and and it Which was one, one dreaming on me. Yeah. I fucking hated it. I was just like, fuck this fucking song. Like, <laughs> just I like it's not going on the album. Like, you've, you've, like I'm glad you said it. And, and then, and then, and then I get like, I get, fuck it, I get like, I see an email go out to Alan Mulder. Mm. Who's oh, like wow. mixed the whole album, you know? Yeah. And he wasn't supposed to get it. And he's fucking dreaming on me, and yeah. they've sent it to Alan Mulder. And I'm like, are you fuck? Are you taking the piss? Yeah. Like, why are you wasting his time? Like, this ain't going on a thing. And then he sends it back the next day, and I'm like, it's pretty fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, how the hell? Are you saying the song that I hate it? He said with it. a passion. That was that weird one where he took the he did the mix of it, and then we were like. We were busy sort of saying, why has someone sent it to him? Because we've got the album to mix. <laughs> and in that time, he had like gone home for the night and listened to it at home and like talked to his wife about it and had some like brainwave. Went back to the studio, sent us a second mix. And we still don't really know what he did. Nah. <laughs> but something that he did, then That's we were on the phone man. going, oh, it's really bad. That's why he is who he is though, like a pure <laughs> yeah. legend. Exactly. And I don't even really yeah. want to know what he's done. I still like that someone else can be like the magician and we yeah. can... Fully. Yeah, I, it, whatever it happened though, it made us realize that song's definitely got to see the light of day. He's an absolute hero. Like yeah. he, he, I mean, he's made some of the most important rock records of all yeah. time, you know? And, and he did stuff of that level of impact on other songs that we did love, but then he just sent them somewhere that I feel like a fan listened to them. Because I'm, like, <laughs> I'm listening to his work as well. I'm like... Yeah. He would send like the mixers would come in and like at first I was like so excited I was mm. like but I just I stopped whatever I was doing to listen to it yeah. and then there were some days where like I'd get I'd see the the thing drop in my inbox and I'd look at it and say like Alan Mulder Angel Wings mix and I'd be like not today yeah. I can't fucking do that I literally like I'm like it, yeah. I'm like way too fucking mm. fragile for this shit today so I have to like give it and then Cam would call me later like yeah. if you listen to it yet I'm like can't talk about but it. But also, like, <laughs> with mi like, mix engineers, like, the, their, like, life is just marred by, like, like, relentless and, like, stupid mix notes from artists. Yeah. It's like, turn this up, this up, this up, and this up, and it's like, cool, now everything's actually, like, just, like, really, like, not for our stuff. We're just, like, done. Every time. Like, I, I think we, 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 there's some songs we gave no feedback on, which is, yeah. like, insane. That's how, like, much well, he, yeah. well, some of them we had to give some feedback on, yeah, but, like, that's he, natural. Like, for some of them, we just signed them off and said, you got this, like, you understood exactly what we're doing, mm. and then added your thing to it, and... 
And then That's he really always special. goes like, he, Alan always like, yeah, cool, great, okay, guys, no worries. And then like an hour later, you're like, here's the second mix. Mm. And it's like, why the fuck are you doing this? But it's because I think <laughs> then, he wants to know whether he's gone the right route. And yeah. when, he, when he's like, okay, yeah, I, they do want what I want. Then he just goes and finishes that, and yeah. but that's why. Like when you, I think when you find that's similar to like when we started writing together, we're like, okay, this works really well. Let's make let's let's do what we can to keep this like. And I feel the same about Adam. I'm like, he definitely is on some same creative wavelength mm. as we are. Totally. So then you have to just think like that's not something you can get everywhere. Like, I think we really found the right person for that record. Yeah. Can we only do podcasts from now on? Why? Because it's just so sounds. much better. <laughs> so I'm much, glad you're enjoying so it. <laughs> See, I'm glad you enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, I think I enjoyed this the last question, though, because we're at the tail end now. Thanks so much for taking the time to chat. Oh, thank you. This question is both a mixture of, like, in reaction to listening to this album of yours and also just being familiar with, like, you know, the history of your music and also knowing what the UK is like. Um, so I spent a lot of time there in my youth and also in my adulthood. And, I mean, people can talk all day about cultural differences, but I think it's a relatively well-known thing that being openly ambitious isn't something that's quite celebrated within the UK for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah, Frank is shaking his head in agreement. <laughs> I do appreciate yeah. it. So the thing is, I had a question for you in regards the to British this dream. I'm the same ring to it as the American dream. Well, I think that's what makes it so. I think that's what makes it so incredible with this career that you've um, made for yourselves, and also this art that you've made. Because I think, regardless of anyone found themselves liking or disliking your music, that element of ambition is so prevalent it's so open it's so in your face it's so bold and I wonder what's it like to be so openly ambitious in regards to your art in a place that's that's not the norm I mean do you feel that's misunderstood at all oh, we take a lot of arrows like we, we do but like we've got thick skin you know so it's it's um, I just I think we care about growing as artists we care about progression you know and I, I just always bring it back to Elton fucking John like he, he's my hero he's, mm. I think he's one of the best songwriters of all time and one of the best performers as well and he didn't have a fucking he didn't have a hit for three albums you know and so like if he, yeah, if he existed now he wouldn't have there would be no Elton John and he would have got dropped on album one that's like but that's imagine that so imagine all the other Elton John's at home. <laughs> he, and we don't know because he might have persevered yeah, yeah. and he might have grinded through it. Like, you but know, the, we've the, definitely, we've, I've been dropped twice. Maybe he would have been like, on AWOL and it would have been yeah. fine. <laughs> but like, it, what I'm trying to say is like, there's, you're right, like in, in the UK for whatever reason, like out of, out of all the, the countries in the world, like culturally we just, um, there's cool, a real, school. there's a real competition mm. amongst everybody there. like. And it's and it's I think it's probably just like a privilege and an entitlement thing, you know. Like we're just like the, the majority of people there, like the, the working class, were like so championed for such a long time for like pouring this incredible culturally like relatable music into the world, everything from Sham sixty nine to the Sex Pistols, and then it came up, and then you've got like the Clash, who like basically like middle class band, <laughs> pop band, you know, like the, but but preaching about like workers' rights and stuff, and for for us like now there's not really like when when we get into it like we we are all blessed with like we've got good lives good mm -hmm. family homes like we come from decent backgrounds like but we want to always progress and like try and do new things and like you, you just don't i think it's so easy to allow yourself to be shut down in a country like the united kingdom just by worrying about other people's opinions and that's something that like although i pre you know 
I spent a lot of time saying I do not give a fuck about what people think of me. And I'm sure that's like, when people look at me, that's what they think, you know? But like, I definitely do, I definitely, like, an, it's part of our culture mm. <laughs> is to worry about what people think of you and like, constantly try and understand how you're being judged. I think for us, like, we, we've, we've found a confidence in each other that allowed that to, it, it, it quells my overthinking. Do you, know, do you understand? So like, when I start to like, worry about what people might think, he's saying, it's really fucking good mate, like, don't worry about it. And I'm, I do the same. You know, when yeah. we kind of just, there's a, there's a confidence, I have a confidence in him that he doesn't always have in himself. And likewise, he has a confidence mm -hmm. in me that I don't always have in myself. It and makes it so much easier, doesn't it? Because yeah. you don't have to. I haven't necessarily like have to worry about my confidence levels because he's got that <laughs> bit sorted. And then like it's, it makes it easier for us to both like just actually stop worrying about that stuff and move forward with making more stuff. And, and I think, think and yeah. for the first time we we found like a musician. We've both been in bigger band in 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 bands with more people mm -hmm. where competition was kind of rife and everyone was fighting for sort of to even with, yeah, even within the band. You, this, that's what I mean. There's all yeah. this creative competition and stuff, and it's like. I don't know, I don't feel any of that with you. And it, and exactly. It, and again, it just means we're just super like, like prolific because we, we're just focusing on the right things. Yeah, we just write a lot mm. and have fun with it. And we want to constantly push ourselves as artists and performers. And so really you just worry about what we're going to do next. Yeah. I know this is probably like an absurdly like therapist question to ask, but just a few minutes ago when I was saying about like how with this album, the ambition comes through like so much, like that's something you have to take away from it. How does that make you feel? The fact that that's such a clear thing that comes through within the music. I mean, it's, it's amazing to me that you see that, you know, and that, and, that, and that you're so accepting of it because not many people are, you know, yeah. like I, I had literally the other day, a kid who I've tattooed for years, mm. who just messaged me saying like, I did not like your new album, but I, but I, but I, really, but I really like it now. And I'm like, all right, mate. That's a really fucking like, bored. It's, it's, but, it's, but it's bizarre because he's actually, there's a compliment, a huge compliment in there where it's actually probably the, mo like, the album that's resonated the most with him and it's the most relatable. Uh, you know, and that's what he went on to explain was like mm -hmm. how important the record was to him. But he started off with like, I did not like this. Yeah, the, I'm like, the, the only I'm thing like that really bums me out is if someone's like super indifferent and and suggests that it's like generic. Or like, like if if people don't like it, but they they say, well, like, I see what they're trying to do, then I'm like, okay, cool, that's fine. Like, not everyone's if everyone like not everyone should like it, but yeah. it, it's that kind of like that like you hearing that we're being ambitious is important enough to me personally. Like that that is part of what we were what we were trying to do is like push ourselves and do stuff we've never done and. I definitely feel like we've achieved that, so it's nice when other people see that as well. Yeah. yeah, and you guys in New York, so if people like in UK don't like it, fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> guys, thanks so much for chatting with me. I'm really keen to see the show tonight. I mean, Frank, this is kind of wild. I saw Gallows open up for AFI maybe like 2010 or 11, yeah. like fucking ages ago. And I haven't had the chance to see you live since. So Was the that the Nokia? Was that? Yeah. yeah. It was fucking it was wild. Awesome. Say, yeah, for sure. I can't so, even yeah. tell you where we played last time we were in New York. I was just like, <laughs> like, like yeah, you were there yeah. like nine years ago. Yeah, yeah. I didn't make it the last time I was playing New York, but for people listening, it's kind of a bit of a nostalgia trip. I know the last time we played was a studio Webster Hall, which is like a basement. Yeah. Webster Hall doesn't exist anymore. And what was the hall does exist? A Webster Hall does, but the basement portion doesn't exist anymore. Where you gone? Jesus Christ. Yeah. But just, I remember I had friends of mine who went to go see that show, and I remember I wasn't able to go for whatever reason. I remember at the time thinking like, 
fucking hell. Imagining that band in a room like that, I just can't even imagine how it's still gonna maintain stability. It was it was fucking full on. Mm. Some of my favorite photos ever of us yeah. from that show because we just look we look <laughs> so depleted. You know, like we just look like it's like we've been like yeah. It was, it was but it's real. It's raw. You know, mm. like and it's all like everything is there, like dripping off us, and that's just beautiful thing. Yeah, well I can't wait to see you tonight. Thanks yeah, again cool. so much for today. Pleasure. Thank you very much. Yeah, awesome.